But today I just wanted to talk to you about, I guess the title of this message is The Last Day. And uh, maybe it'll whet your appetite for what we're going to talk about in what is about to come. In Revelation 19, verse 1, it says, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he has judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and has avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God, that sat on the throne saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and you that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. It's wonderful that we see this picture in Revelation chapter 19, which is coming on the ends of the tribulation period, where heaven is rejoicing in God, and they're actually thanking God with hallelujahs, For the judgment that God has brought into the earth. We have lived in a generation. We have lived, I would call it a generation, several decades of of our American way of life. Where it's very difficult to insinuate that God judges anything anymore. Whether it's a natural disaster, whether it's a calamity uh, whatever it might be that, that might happen to people, that might happen to a nation, a state, a city, where, where maybe some tragedy comes. Just the, the concept to think that God would have anything to do with that, it, it just seems to be a, an abomination to suggest it. But in heaven, they're literally rejoicing at the judgments of God. And they're rejoicing at the judgments of God because God is eradicating evil. God is dealing with evil. God is removing it. And he's establishing the kingdom of his son. And there is evil in our world today. There's a rebellion against God. And it doesn't take a scholar to read in the Bibles, even in regards to the nation of Israel. And when you look in the New Testament, you see even as God deals with nations that When a nation goes off course and begins to blaspheme God and begins to do horrible things towards the Lord and towards his word, there are great judgments that come into those nations. You know, there there were nations, Venezuela was a nation that just had a substance of of a God-fearing presence and there there was an ability to, you know, seek the Lord and serve the Lord until several decades ago when... Venezuela started to become communist and the truth of God was removed and the freedom to worship God and to preach the truth and establish churches was taken away. 
And the, and the nation just declined. It declined into poverty and disease. And we've had many refugees. We have refugees in our church from Venezuela and other places around the world. You see that, whether it was in Russia when uh, back in the 40s and 50s and 60s when they were removing Christ and church from its society. And it just fell into a darkness throughout the Soviet Union, when men and women were not free to worship God, and the poverty that comes in. Y'all, I want you to understand that God says that I watch over my word to perform it. And though God does not make things happen, if you will, God does not just come upon a person and makes them do evil. But God has foreknowledge. And in the foreknowledge of God, he knows what's going to happen. <clears throat> he knows what people are going to do. He knows what nations are going to, ha- to take place. He understands it. For example, Jesus did not make Judas betray him in order to fulfill prophecy. Jesus knew Judas would betray him and thus fulfill prophecy. And that's a big difference between God predetermining something to happen and God foreknowing something's going to happen. And then we get these mysteries, right, where God is, is turned. He, when, when Moses stood before God and Moses said, God forbid that you do this, Lord. What would the nation say about you? And the Bible says the Lord repented himself of what he, that, that's such a mystery. You know, just to have such kind of power with God and influence with God that we can literally affect things that he is doing in the earth today. But there are things that God is doing and that are underway in God's plans that nothing is going to stop. There was a, there was a time when God said in the prophets that, I think he said, if Daniel and Samuel and another person, maybe it was Moses, I'm, I can't remember the third person, but he said, even if these three men stood before me, my mind would not be changed. There are just some things that I'm going to do. And I want you to know, beloved, that what God has written in his word, what God has declared in this book, it is going to happen. And nothing is going to prevent it or stop it. And it's going to be to the glory of God. It is going to be to his honor, to his exaltation, to the glorification of Jesus Christ and his eternal kingdom as it comes to this earth and it affects this entire world. And so if you were to look at the world today or maybe with people at work or whatever it might be and people ask the question, man, what is going on in the world? What is happening with society? What is happening with people? Your answer can be relatively simple. Now, be ready for pushback. Um, and and that's, that's okay. It's good. You want the pushback because it leads to a discussion. But you can say, well, what's happening in the world is the age is closing for the return of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is coming back to earth. And, and so there are things that are transpiring. The Bible says there'll be a one world government. There'll be an antichrist ruler. There'll be a one world religion. And we are watching these things unfold. The mind of man is, is becoming more and more anti-God every day. And so these are things that we could point to as far as what is going on in the world. And everything in the world 
and the word of God points to the fact that time and the world as we know it has an appointed end. Jesus even said this to the disciples. He said, listen, God knows the appointed time. No man does, but God knows the appointed time. When it is going to end. And there's even a passage in Revelation where the angel says, and time shall be no more. And that just simply means there's no more delay. The, 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 the finality of this judgment is underway in the earth. And so there's, we've seen it. I, I believe in 2020 our world drastically changed. I believe we woke up into a society that we had never been in before in our history. We watched scientists and governments do things to the populations that had never been done before in the history of mankind. Um, it, it was interesting. I was going through some notes as I was preparing for my end time study. I was going through my notes from back in 2017. I'll probably read them to you. And when I, was re- when I was going through my notes in 2017 of messages I preached that year, I was talking about what are we going to do when the governments tell us we can't go to church, that we have to stay in our homes, we can't gather. What are we going to do? Well, in 2017, nobody saw that coming. You know, I didn't see that coming. But in 2020, that's what happened. And we saw what happened. You know, for the sake of life, for the sake of health, you know, we're willing to do just about anything for our own preservation. When the church of God and the kingdom of God is the utmost priority, and not to be foolish and not to be dangerous, I hope you understand that. But in 2020, the governments of the world and the science community pushed us to do something that had never been done in human history before And the voices that were rising up to challenge this were shut down. And they were not allowed to speak. They were not allowed to be uh, voiced or echoed anywhere in practically the world unless they slipped through. Beloved, I want you to know there's going to be an end of the world. Peter said in Acts chapter 2, these are the last days. He, he, He confessed that from the book of Joel. There'll be a last baby born, a last marriage performed, a last kiss, a last song. Tomorrow may not be like today. Use your logic. Just use your logic. I'm not even asking to be Christian and use your faith. Use your logic. Look how quickly the world can change. And some of you are old enough to understand historical patterns of how quickly the world can change. And everything tomorrow can be different than it is today. We could leave church today and there could have been something that happened in the earth that changes all of our lives. And the one thing that we're certain of is we need to keep our eyes upon Jesus Christ and understand what this Revelation 19 says when it gives all of the glory to God that the Lord God Almighty reigns. Praise God, he reigns. He's, he, God is not losing his, his control or what is going on in the world. Everything that is happening in the world today is moving for the glorious recognition of Jesus Christ as our Savior, as Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Everything is moving as God is working to the supreme exaltation of Jesus Christ. It's good to belong to Jesus. 
It's just good to belong to him because you're going to see that he is the king of the earth, the king of heaven, the king of all kings, and you want to be with him. The Bible says in chapter 19 of Revelation, I want you to see this in verse 10. John is receiving these revelations. He's, he's, he's in heaven. He's seeing these things. He's there. And a, and a man approaches him and is instructing him and teaching him things. And in verse 10, I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said to me, see thou do it not. I am your fellow servant and of your brothers that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I, I just wanna, I wanna, I want you to see that. The last book of the Bible is the revelation of Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation, though it has prophecy in it, it is first and foremost the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the book of revelations. Of multiple things being revealed. It is the revelation. Singular. Of this central thing. And that is Jesus Christ. And towards the end of this book. John declares. Or it is declared to John. That the spirit of prophecy. Is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And what John is being told is this. That what prophecy is God breathed. And what John is being told, whatever is God-breathed, whatever the Holy Spirit is declaring, then you can know that it's him because he is going to declare the record of Jesus Christ. He is going to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is going to declare things that honor Jesus and worship Jesus. Don't worship me. Don't worship men. But it's going to worship Jesus. That's how the Holy Spirit is moving. It's always the exaltation of Jesus Christ. Jesus has overturned the hopes of hell when he died on the cross. He said on the cross that it's finished. And and Colossians says that it was on the cross that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. And he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. If Jesus triumphed over the powers of hell on the cross, he didn't have to go to hell and continue fighting them. They were already defeated before he ever died. And in his death, it was sealed by the pouring out of his blood. And he went to paradise when he, was, when he died on that cross. He went to paradise, to Abraham's bosom. And when he rose, he took all of those that were looking for him and he took them with him to heaven. Jesus Christ has been absolutely victorious. He must reign. He will reign. It is the Father's power that is even engaged now to give him his throne. Nothing is going to stop that. Nothing at all. Now, now me, I particularly view all of history through this lens of Jesus Christ and his glory and his exaltation. Everything that happens, I believe, in some way is to the benefit of that kingdom of Jesus. I'll, I'll explain it to you this way. We understand and we, we can know that 
one of the great markers of all prophecy is the nation of Israel. It's one of the great markers of all prophecy. You, you can't watch Fox News and um, CNN and, and these other news stations and understand prophecy. P- people go off all the time because they're trying to get their news source and then fit it into the Word. You've got to watch Israel and you've got to examine things from the Word of God. And then you can begin to understand what is unfolding. Now, we have an advantage when we look back. And I would suggest to you, I I honestly believe this, that the rise of this nation was for the benefit of the Jews becoming a state again. I believe that God allowed a people that were just disjointed, Wanting the freedom to worship God. Wanting freedom from oppression. And some of our states, some of our places were, were, were criminal states where, where the, the criminals were sent over. And some of, but a nation was forged out of this. And how do you explain a handful of people um, threatening the greatest world empire of the day, Britain, and prevailing against them in the Revolutionary War? How do you explain that? Other than the fact that God had his hand on America. We think God had his hand on America. And it's not completely wrong because we were honoring God. And we were seeking God. And we were wanting to serve God. And we wanted people to have the freedom to worship God. And, and, and we were humble in that. But I believe God allowed this to be established. He allowed this nation to grow in might. He allowed this nation to take on its unity. And he allowed this nation to prosper because God knew that there's going to be a second world war. And at the end of that war, through the persecution of the Jewish people, I determined for them to rise up and become a state again. I'm bringing my people back to fulfill prophecy that Jesus will be able to return and sit on the throne of David. And so I believe America was central to Israel being formed again as a state. But we tend to think, you know, it's all about us. It's just we're, we're just self-focused as Americans that, that it's because we're so special and we're so wonderful. It's Jesus is so special and Jesus is so wonderful and God's going to give him a throne. And if I need to raise up a nation in order to protect Israel, I'll raise up a nation and I will do it to protect Israel. And I'll do it so that they can become a state again. And the influence of the United States along with Europe and Britain was was formidable in the state of Israel standing on its feet again and being formed back. I, I I see that through the lens of God's purposes with his son, Jesus Christ. Everything. Everything is for Jesus. Everything is moving to his glory and the expression of all of his power. Perilous times, difficult times, times of suffering and times of tribulation. Do not speak of God's failure. And sometimes even if you suffer and you go through times of tribulation, times of persecution... You do not necessarily suffer those things because of God's disfavor. Sometimes you're walking in the very will of God. Time may be of brokenness and breaking. Not, not so you can be devastated and destroyed, but you can be, become strong and fortified by the Lord and the working of God. 
Everything God is doing through the tribulation period is not to destroy the world, but to purge the world so that Jesus will reign and his kingdom will be a kingdom of peace throughout all of the earth. All of the nations, they will, they will, they will finally destroy their weapons and they will turn them into farming tools and things of that nature. And there will be peace in the earth. Because that's what God's moving to, not devastation and destruction for that purpose. God is never allowing things to happen in your life for devastation and destruction. And so when tough times come to your life, don't just fall into a pit, but put your ear on the heart of God. Listen to him. God, what are you teaching me in this? It's not for my destruction. You're showing me something. You're building me. You're bringing me into something that maybe I couldn't get there except this way. And so you're doing this in my life, God, and I want to be a part of that. I want that to happen in my life, and you believe the Lord to do it. I want you to go to Revelation 6. I want to bring something to your attention, and I I, I kind of want to close with this. In Revelation chapter 6, this is the introduction to the tribulation period. Revelation 6. This is where the tribulation starts. As far as the book of Revelation is concerned. John is in heaven and then he sees in verse 1, the lamb opened one of the seals. And, and that is the beginning of all the troubles right there. So in Revelation 6, we're in the beginning. That may not be very far from this day. Our world is filled with a growing number of atheists and agnostics. I know I've shared this with you, but I want you to listen to me. I want to give you an invitation to be a part of the greatest thing the earth has ever seen. You don't have to. I choose to. I will. But I want to give you the invitation as well. You can take it or leave it. You will not regret taking it. You will regret leaving it. At the beginning of this judgment that is going to come on the earth... If you will notice in chapter 6, it comes down to, I would say, verse 12. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal. And lo, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. And the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth Even as a fig tree cast her untimely figs when she is shaken in a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. That's always intrigued me. Jesus said in Luke 21 that there are going to be signs in the heavens that are so horrific that grown men's hearts are going to stop because of fear. They're just going to drop dead. We've never seen that yet. Perhaps this is what he's alluding to. Verse 14. I I can't imagine the heavens departing. Rolling up like a scroll. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And that's what I want you to see. The kings of the earth. This is verse 15. The kings of the earth 
and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. That intrigues me. Because when I read this, and you, you see the list in verse 15 of men this is, right? These are not nobodies. These are the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, the mighty men, and to not leave one out, anyone out, even slaves and free men. And do you know what they all know? They all know there's a God. Nobody's an atheist. And nobody's an agnostic. And nobody is going around saying, I wonder what happened to the Christians. Did a UFO come get them? Because God is love. And because God cares. And because we see this mercy of God throughout his word. I will not judge you without warning you. I will not judge you without giving you a way of mercy and escape. I believe with all of my heart. That God is, and I believe he will increase. But I believe God is going to do something so mighty in the earth that it removes atheism and agnosticism. And I believe that the people of the earth are not going to wonder who is God. But they're going to have a simple choice. To either believe him or not believe him. Follow him or not follow him. There will be no confusion. And again, God's going to use Israel and his church to do that. Israel and the church are the witnesses of God. And God is going to do something to the nation of Israel. We could be watching it unfold. We're technically at war with Yemen right now. America is. We could be watching it. I'm not saying we are. But the possibility is that we are. There's a possibility, there's a possibility of Ezekiel's war forming. There's that possibility. This is what we know though. That something is going to happen on the mountains of Israel. Not Armageddon. Where most, uh, many of the nations and the strong nations of the world are going to gather. And no nation is going to help them. And God is going to sovereignly and powerfully move from heaven and destroy those armies. So all the world will know that he's God. And the invitation to you is this. You have been created to be alive right now. Psalm 139 says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
that when God was weaving you in your mother's womb, God was speaking things over you. And it's not like God's, you know, speaking, just like speaking wonderful thoughts like a dad might when he's holding his baby or a mother might when she's holding her baby, just saying sweet little things. No, God is prophetically instilling into you talents and callings and gifts that he intends for you to fulfill in your life. And the highest thing that we can do in loving God with all of our hearts, souls, and minds is to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us and to empower us because he's about to do something. He's doing something that's going to increase so absolutely incredible in this earth that all men are going to know that there's a God. They're going to know who he is. They're not just confessing in Revelation 6 that there's a God. They're actually confessing the Lamb. Which is specifically Jesus Christ. And that this lamb has wrath. And it is our opportunity as the church. To be able to demonstrate and preach in the power of the Holy Spirit. The gospel of Jesus Christ. To help men escape. What this world could possibly be about to face. Not, not to just declare it and to proclaim it, but to have the compassion and the love and the power of the Holy Spirit to genuinely care about people's souls and to really care about God's desire to show mercy and not judgment. That's what God wants. And, and I honestly believe, and I, I just say this, I honestly believe that God's going God's to do some incredibly radical things in the earth, like like. He's done before in his word. It was so radical what Jesus did when he came to earth. It was so radical. It was so unique who Jesus hung out with. I mean, it was taboo. This, this guy's breaking all the rules as far as the Jewish community was concerned. I mean, he's eating with sinners. He's fellowshipping with them. Prostitutes are around him. Children are, are running up to him. He's touching the dead. He's touching lepers. You don't do this and be holy. And I believe that that spirit of Christ is going to move in the earth. And I believe the dead and the dry religion that has crusted over what God wants his gospel to be is going to be broken up by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe there's going to be multitudes of people who have been so abused by Satan in our country. They have been emotionally wrecked. They have been morally bankrupt by the lies of the devil. And they're going to be rescued by Jesus and our churches are going to look different. Praise God. And I want our churches to look different. I want to see the house of God filled with prostitutes who are no longer prostituting and addicts who are no longer addicts. And they're singing on earth like they're going to sing in heaven. And they're shouting on earth like they're going to shout in heaven. And they're giving glory to the Lamb on earth like they're going to do it in heaven. Not the religious crustiness, but new wine in new wineskins. Not a Baptist wineskin, not a Methodist wineskin, not a Pentecostal wineskin, not a traditional wineskin, not an American wineskin, but the wineskin of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the wine being the Holy Ghost. 
And the power of the Holy Spirit transforming and helping and reaching. But it won't be so favorable. Don't think that. Don't think that everybody's going to love it. But they will see the truth. God, because he loves, will not bring the greatest judgment the world has ever seen without giving the greatest revelation of Jesus that the world has had. And he's chosen us and created us and formed us and fashioned us to be alive in the earth right now to uniquely be a part of that move of God. Don't let this moment pass you up. I'm not asking you to just go out there and do something. I'm asking you really seek God and say, Lord, count me in. Fill me with your spirit and disturb my life. If call if you'd come up. Disturb my life. To be a part of what you're doing in the earth. Because this is the last day. And ready or not, Jesus is coming. So choose to be ready. Father, I thank you that you have declared and revealed. You've shown us, even in heaven, how celebratory and joyful and happy the people are that you're in control. And that you... you you can bring righteous judgment and you can, you can deal with evil and you can remove it, God. You can save people and, and deliver people and rescue people. Lord, please, whatever you got to do to stir our hearts and stir our spirits, God, and lift us above the mundane of life and just the just the marching through the day-to-day stuff that we do and the jobs that we do. And Lord, let us, let us see the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God, with all of our, our hearts and our desires and our love and our joy, let us serve you, God. And Lord, through us, in whatever measure we can be a part of it, use us, God, to demonstrate Jesus to this world the lamb to this world because something's going to happen so that all the people of the earth know there's a God and the lamb and they fear him use us father in the name of Jesus the altars are open we're going to take just a moment worship